0: good evening everyone this is brother Brennan coming to you live from Fayetteville Arkansas with another Fisher's men video broadcast and it is good to be here this evening and uh, this evening we're going to be starting the book of first Peter in our Bible study and um, we are we've got a lot of information uh, to give tonight. I've got a lot of scriptures to go through. And uh, I'm going to try to see if I can get all this in one video. So you all pray for me on that, okay? Um, Really quickly, let's go ahead. um, Just for prayer requests, uh, please do pray for me as I go through all this. Um, Do pray for those who are uh, in need of salvation. Do pray for those who will watch this video. Do pray for Brother Joey for his pain. Um, Do pray uh, for God's purpose and will to be done with this video. And, um, I have some other unspoken requests as per me. So do pray for me, um, and some other, uh, unspoken requests in certain areas of my life. And, uh, do please pray for my ministry and pray that God will just, uh, do a mighty work with this video, <clears throat> amen, so, you know, um, just want people's lives to be changed, uh, would like to, not just see lives changed, but I want to see God glorified in all of this, amen, because <clears throat> God deserves all the glory and the honor, and so, Um, With that said, we're going to go ahead and get started uh, with 1 Peter. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to 1 Peter. And as you are turning there to 1 Peter, uh, just a little bit of background for you on 1 Peter. Um, The author of 1 Peter is Simon Peter. (coughs) He... um, is one of the original. He is. He is one of the twelve original apostles. Um, of Christ, and uh, Peter is writing to the Jews and Gentile Christians scattered throughout five Roman provinces of Asia Minor, uh, Pontus, Galatia, Asia, Cappadocia, and Bithynia. Um, basically, Peter is addressing all the northern Asia Minor areas. Um, Um, the occasion of writing um, Peter uh, has penned this epistle in response to growing persecution in his day and um, most likely uh, this epistle was probably penned Uh, Somewhere approximately around 64 AD. um, This was probably right around the time of the outbreak of persecution under Nero. Okay, now if if you're wondering who Nero was, Nero was a very ruthless, very, very ruthless leader, okay? What he'd do what he did was, he burnt, he basically had, uh, I don't know if he himself did it, or if he ordered his men to do it, but <coughs> he basically, um, he basically, uh, burnt, uh, some of, uh, Rome down, and as sort of, a way, as, sort of, you know, to make himself look like he was the innocent one, he used the Christians at that time as a scapegoat, and they started persecuting uh, the Christians during his day. So, with that, there was an outbreak of persecution against the church, against um, <coughs> excuse me, against the body of Christ individual Christians even. And so Peter is writing this epistle in response to Christian suffering and persecution. And, um, so that's what we are going to be getting into. Now, like I said, this book was probably penned around 64 AD. Um... And, uh, Peter was probably, it's said that Peter was probably crucified, up uh, upside, now, he, was, now, there, uh, it is said that Peter was crucified upside down, um, uh, because he was crucified, but they say he was crucified upside down because, uh, I guess he was unworthy to be, you know dying the same manner uh, same kind of upright manner as, as our Lord um, but that that's really I mean I can't prove that and, and the Bible doesn't really get into the deaths of the apostles all that much <coughs> and so we won't go too terribly there but um, it's said that Peter was uh, Peter died or was martyred as you will uh, or um, just three years after this epistle was written. That would be 6780. So that's kind of about where he may have died. Whoops. <clears throat> um, really, just quickly, uh, just a quick outline is 1 Peter 1, uh, Strength for Suffering from, from Our Salvation by Christ's Blood. Uh two, you know, first Peter uh two one through three thirteen uh is strength for suffering from our from our surrender to God's will. Um first Peter three fourteen through four nineteen strength for suffering from our sanctification to God's holiness and then uh first Peter five uh strength for suffering from our serving for God's glory. So um with that said <coughs> we're gonna go ahead and uh, dive into 1 Peter 1 and I got I'm gonna tell you something there's a lot of scripture so I may talk really really fast got a lot of ground to cover but it's only 25 verses long <coughs> or 25 is it 25? Yeah, it's only twenty-five verses long, but I got a lot of area to cover. So let's start here in First Peter, and uh, we're going to read here First Peter chapter one, verses one through three. It says, "Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father." Sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. From the dead. <coughs> now, in verse two, in okay, verse two, um, there's some verses I kind of want to kind of just kind of get into here. On uh, verse two, <clears throat> it says here, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ grace unto you and peace be multiplied now for verse 2 in Romans chapter 8 verse 29 through 30 it says for whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren moreover whom he did predestinate Them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. So we see here (coughs) that God knows, okay. So God knows who's going to be saved and who's not, okay, and so he knows that, he knows what the future holds. He knows who's going to accept the gospel, who's going to reject it. He knows all that stuff, okay? Now, we are predestined, when we become born again, um, we are predestined to be in the image of his son, of the son, Jesus Christ, okay? Now, predestinate is not a scary word okay now we have the (coughs) excuse me i'm just kind of sitting comfortably in my chair here and i got my water but calvinists use the word predestinate and such as that some are predestined for salvation and others are not okay but this is not the predestinate we're talking about okay we're talking about, okay, being conformed to the image of his son. Means that when we get born again, we are going to, we ought to live a separated life. Why? Because when you live a separated life, okay, and when you do wrong, God's going to chasten you. Okay, so through that chastening, through the trials, through the, the 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 tribulations that we face, those things are those things help to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. Because when we get home, we will be at we will be like him. Alright, we will be like him. <coughs> So we're not just... So we're not just predestined to be in His image, okay? But He also called us. And because He called us, He justifies us, okay? And justification is through the blood of Christ. Okay, so when you sin, the blood covers your sin. And it's by the shedding of that blood the blood of Christ that we are justified by faith in Christ and what he did for us at the cro- at the cross. Now when we are justified it's as if we never sinned. So when we repent of our sin, okay, God casts our sins from the east to the west. So we see that our sins are from the east to the west and um It's as if we never sinned, okay? Now, we are also then and will be glorified. So when we die and leave this body, we will be present with the Lord and we will be glorified when we get home, if that makes sense. So we see here that there is kind of like... Peter is kind of showing us um, kind of what a born-again Christian is like. Okay, we see that a born a born who, someone who is truly born again, sealed and saved, <coughs> and regenerated, we're called to be in the image of his son. Okay, we're called to a purpose. We're then justified by the blood of Christ, and then we also will be glorified when we go home. All right. Now, Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse thirteen through fourteen. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. War unto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, anyone who gets saved and, and gets salvation, we go through that process of sanctica- sanctification of the Spirit. Now what's sanctification? Sanctification is being set apart from the world unto God okay <clears throat> if you're set apart from something you have to be set apart to something so we're set apart from the world to God <clears throat> the Bible says be ye holy as I am holy and we will be getting into that I believe tonight we will be getting into that okay now in verse 3. Okay, let's get into verse 3. Verse 3 says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Okay. In 1 Corinthians, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20, But now is Christ risen from the dead. And become the first fruits of them that slept. Now sleep is the sleep of death. Okay, but Christ is risen from the dead. And he is the first fruits, which means He's He the first fruits is simply the first. Okay? Not the first to be resurrected, but He is the first. He is the first. Of them that slept now in second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 16 now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God even our father which hath loved us and hath given us an everlasting consolation and good hope through grace in Titus chapter 3 verses 5 through 7 not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the holy ghost which he shed on us abundantly through jesus christ our savior that being justified by his grace we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life so you see that we we see the words regeneration and renewing okay Talking about us being a new man by the power of the Holy Ghost through Jesus Christ our Savior. So we see that there is an importance as believers why we have to live a separated and holy life. (coughs) Because if you're not separated, if you're not separated and living in the world and living in the ways of the world and there is no separation, then there really needs to be call and call in question of, are you really regenerated or are you just saying you're regenerated? Because a born-again, regenerated Christian doesn't want to sin anymore. Yes, he'll fall short in sin, but he'll hate his sin, he'll have a new nature and everything about him is new because of the power of the holy ghost. Okay? Now, it's we're not just washed and renewed, but we are then being we are then justified by his grace. We should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. No, an heir. <clears throat> the Bible makes it very clear about who what is Okay, so let me let me only say this, okay? If you were the heir of something, you would have to be a child of that parent. So, if you are born again, if you are born again, you're sealed and you're regenerated. You're heirs of eternal life through faith in Christ were made heirs children are heirs illegitimate children are not and one of these days I think we'll find out who is and who's not amen now let's go to let's go to verse 4 4 through 5. It says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Okay, now, verse 4. Okay, Romans chapter 8, verse 16 through 17. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. Now we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Okay, think about that. This is exactly what I just said. So I won't repeat myself, okay? And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. We are joint heirs with Christ. You know why? Because Christ. Here, see, Christ is the Son of God. And when we, when we become children of God, <clears throat> we become sons of God. Sons and daughters of God. So when we become children of God, we are then made joint heirs with Christ. Amen. Now um, Colossians chapter three verse twenty four, knowing that of the day ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Uh, again, when you become an, a joint heir, <clears throat> you get you have a inheritance, a bastard or a illegitimate child does not get an inheritance. The only way you can get <coughs> the only way <coughs> that you can get an, an, an get, get the only way that you can get an inheritance is if you are truly a born again sealed child of the child of God. And the biggest indicator of you the biggest indicator That you are a child of God is that God will chasten you when you sin. If God chastens you when you sin, that means that God loves you. And when you know that God loves you, that means you are His child. And if you are His child, you will then get an inheritance when you go home. And you become a joint heir with Christ Amen Uh, 2nd Timothy chapter 4 Verse 7 through 8 Okay I have fought a good fight I have finished my course I have kept the faith Henceforth there there is laid up for me A crown of righteousness Which the Lord the righteous judge Shall give me at that day and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing acts chapter twenty verse thirty two and now brethren, I command I commend you to God, and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. <coughs> Now, let's get into verse five. Okay, let's let's reread verse five real quick. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Okay, in John chapter ten, verse twenty-seven through twenty-nine, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. In First Samuel chapter 2, verse 9, it says, He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail. <clears throat> Psalm 41, 2, it says, The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he shall be blessed upon the earth, and thou wilt not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. Second Timothy chapter one, verse twelve. For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, whom I've believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Amen. Jude chapter 1 verse 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the present of his glory with exceeding joy. (coughs) Listen folks. Um, To summarize in that thing, when you become a child of the living God, You cannot lose your salvation. You can't lose your salvation. Once you are truly born again, you then are saved, sealed, and God will keep you unto that day of Christ. You can't lose your salvation. Because if you could lose your salvation, that means salvation has to be of works. And we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves, lest any man should boast, for it is the gift of God. And a gift is something you don't deserve. Amen. Now moving a lot, I'm going right along here. go to, let's pick up in verse 6. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, (coughs) excuse me. Now, James talks about this. Okay, James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. It says, Brethren, my brethren, count in all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect, an entire wanting nothing. <clears throat> now, the word perfect here is not talking about a sinless perfection. The, the term perfect here is in reference to a mature, a maturity about you. So the more and more that you go through trials and temptations, God is using those to mature you Amen. To perfect you, to mature you. We go through things so we can be mature. In First Peter chapter four, verse twelve through thirteen, it says, "Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, <clears throat> which is to try you." And so some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. <clears throat> Revelation chapter three, verse eighteen. I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment. That thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. Okay, in this context, gold. Okay, is talking about faith. Jesus is saying, "I want you to have faith in me," which is what tried in the fire, fiery trial. Okay. And that fiery trial is meant to mature you, to strengthen your faith. Amen. Now, verse 7. Verse 7. It says, The trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Okay, Job Job chapter 23, verse 10. But he knoweth the way I, that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Psalm 66, 10. For thou, O God, hast proved us Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Amen. Now, for time's sake, we won't get into... <coughs> we won't get into these, okay? But here's a couple of examples. Okay? First example, consider, consider Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the fiery furnace, Okay? That is Daniel chapter 3. So, if you want to go and read that reference, it's Daniel chapter 3, and it deals with them refusing to worship the golden statue that Nebuchadnezzar set up. Okay? And because of that, they were thrown into a fiery furnace. So, their faith was put on trial. Okay? Also, Daniel 6. Okay, there was a decree that if you read if you go read Daniel chapter 6, okay, there's a decree that you could he, that he could not pray or make supplications to God, which he did. <clears throat> and because of that, the punishment was that he had to be thrown in the lion's den. Okay? So you see that Daniel's faith, Daniel went through a fiery trial. But God saved him. Amen. As well as he saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So, again, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, go read Daniel chapter 3. And for Daniel and the lion's den, read Daniel chapter 6. Okay, so those are the two... Examples that you want to look for. Now, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 17-18, through it says, For it is better if the will of God be so, that ye suffer for well-doing, than for evil-doing. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit." Amen. Now, <clears throat> let's continue on in verse 8. It says, "...whom have, whom having not seen ye love, and whom though, though now ye seen him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory." Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Okay. Now, um, in verse 8, okay, whom having not seen, ye love, and whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, okay. First John chapter 4, verse 20. If a man say I love God and hateth his brother, for he is a liar, for he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Okay. John chapter 20, verse 29, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me. Thou hast believed, but blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. Amen. Blessed are they that have not seen yet believed. Um, In verse 9, going down here in verse 9, Romans chapter 6. verses 22-23 but now being made free from sin and become servants to God ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord Okay. so reading in verse 9 it says receiving the end of your faith even the salvation of your souls okay and um, we see that, we clearly see that eternal life is a gift. Amen? Eternal life is a gift. Hebrews 11 and 13. These all died in faith, having not received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. You know that's what we, that's what that's what we are. We're just passing through on this planet. We're not here forever. Okay, we're just a passing through. We're just passing through. A, we're just strangers in the land. Do you know why? Because when you become a child of God, your home, your citizens, your citizenship is heaven. So that means when you become born again, your home is not of this earth. Your home is not of this world. Your home is in heaven. In James chapter one verse twenty, uh, James chapter one verse twenty-one, wherefore, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Now, verse 10. Okay, verse 10. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied the grace that should come unto you. Okay. Matthew 13, verse 17. For verily I say unto you, That many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. Okay, Luke chapter 10, verse 24. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 19 through 21 We have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto ye do well that ye take, take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Amen. Now, <clears throat> let's, start, let's pick up in verse 11 through 12. It says, Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that had preached the gospel unto you, with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Okay. <clears throat> Searching what, or what manner of time, the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it tested, testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. Okay. Psalm 22, verse 1. My God... My God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so, so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Okay, that was repeated. That was said. Jesus said that on the, on the cross. Matthew chapter 27, verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani?" That is to say, my God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? Again, Mark chapter 15, verse 34. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? We also see in Genesis 22, verse 8. Okay. And Abraham said, My son. God will provide Himself a lamb for a burnt offering, so they went both of them together. If you know anything about Genesis chapter 22, okay, Genesis 22 is where Abraham, God tells Abraham to offer his son Isaac as a burnt as a burnt offering, and God told him to do that as a test of his faith. And if you actually, it's really cool because Genesis, the number 22 is the number for Revelation. Okay, Revelation, there's 22 chapters in the book of Revelation. Okay, and Genesis 22, we see a picture of what Christ would do on the cross. So if you ever get a chance to go read the whole chapter of Genesis 22, I think you guys would be amazed what God would show you in that. Okay, but we also see in Genesis 3.15, the very beginning after the fall. Okay, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. Okay, this is the prophecy of what Christ is going to do at the cross. Okay, it shall bruise thy head and thou shall bruise his heel. amen that was to signify what the the manner that manner of death that Christ was going to uh to die in, to die in, which was crucifixion it's Bruce cuz think about it where they dri- they drove the nails right into the feet and the hands like like the wrists the feet <coughs> And I'll tell you what, Christ gained victory and he beat the serpent. Now, when you are in Christ, there is going to be enmity between you and the world because the world has rejected Christ. And because you follow him, the world will hate you. The world will hate you. They, they will hate you. But remember it didn't it hated Christ first. But they will hate you because you follow Christ. Amen. So now in verse twelve. <clears throat> it says on whom it was revealed. That not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Okay. In Acts, in Acts, um, really quickly, in Acts chapter 2, before we move forward, in Acts chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. <clears throat> this was Pentecost. Okay? And so, and suddenly, it says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit... Gave them utterance. I'm going to tell you something. When you read that, you see that the stuff that they were saying, they were speaking of the magnificent, wonderful works of God and what he, and, and what, you know, the wonderful, magnific- magnificent works of God. Angels cannot be saved, angels cannot be redeemed. Man can be redeemed, but angels cannot. Amen. Angels cannot be redeemed. They cannot be saved. It just doesn't work that way. Amen. Now, let's continue on here. 1 Peter, and, and we um start... Let's continue on in uh, 13, where were you through? 13 through 16. <clears throat> it says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashion yourselves according to the former lusts and your ignorance. But as he which hath called you is holy... So be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And this is what I've been touching on, folks. We need to be holy. We need to separate ourselves from sin, and we need to separate ourselves to God and for His service. God is going to judge sin, and he does not want his kids meddling in sin. Yes, we will sin, and we have to repent. Okay? But we need to be separated from sin unto God. That's what holiness is. We ought to hate sin. Okay? We ought to hate sin. We ought to hate our own sin. Now. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us, who are the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. Now, we talked about this in Ephesians. Okay, so I would I would recommend one of my recommendations is I would go back and re-watch what I said in Ephesians 6 because we talked about the armor of God. And here we see an extension of that: the breastplate of faith, love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. That helmet is the hope of your salvation. Amen. Um, first Peter chapter 5, verse 8 through 9. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Who resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. We... Romans chapter uh, twelve, verse one through two. I beseech you, brethren, by I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Okay. Again, we're we're seeing that we we're seeing uh, what sanctification is. Okay. It says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that <clears throat> good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay? Now, again, we've already covered this. First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. In Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Okay, there's a spirit that works in the children of disobedience. <coughs> Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, and hating one another. But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we're washed, regenerated, and renewed by the power of the Holy Ghost. And we know that it is not by works of righteousness, but it is by God's mercy He saved us. Because Christ is that Word that became flesh, and it was God's mercy towards us that Christ manifested in the flesh. Amen. Um, Isaiah 35, 8. Okay? Now, talking about, you know, verses 15 through 16 here, okay? So Isaiah 35, 8. And a highway shall be there, in a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the way-fearing man, Though fools shall not err therein, Second Corinthians chapter seven verse one. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter four verse seven. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. So we're seeing that we are to be holy as God is holy. Okay? First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, <clears throat> that ye should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Leviticus chapter 11, verses 44 through 45. I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall ye defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Ye shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 2 Speak unto all the congregation Of the children of Israel And say unto them Ye shall be holy For I the Lord your God am holy So we see That God is emphasizing That we ought to live holy lives We are to be holy And not a part of this world We are to be set apart For God and for God's service Now, let's continue reading in verse 17. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, past the time of your sojourning, here in fear, for as much as ye know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Okay? Now, um, in Acts chapter 10, verse 34 through 35, then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God has no respect to persons, but in every nation that... Every nation, he that feareth him, and worketh righteousness, is accepted of him. And Job chapter 34, verse 19. How much less to him that accepteth not the person of princes, nor regardeth the rich more than the poor, for they all are the work of his hands. Amen. Now, let's continue on. In Isaiah chapter 52 verse 3 For thus saith the Lord Ye have sold yourselves for naught And ye shall be redeemed without money We just read here That we are not redeemed with corruptible things Money is a corruptible thing God says that you will be redeemed without money. By the way, how are we redeemed? We are redeemed by what Christ did at the cross. When there is no shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So Christ's blood is worth more than something that is corruptible. Christ's blood is an incorruptible. Christ's blood, the shedding of his blood, was an incorruptible payment. And so it is through what he did for you at the cross we are redeemed. We're not redeemed by money. (coughs) In Acts chapter 8, verse 20 through 21, but Peter said said unto him, Thy money perish with thee. Because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Salvation is a gift. And therefore, because it's a gift, it cannot be purchased with money. It can't. Your money, you can't just go to God and say, you know, here's money, save me. That's not how that works. We're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves, lest any man should boast for. It is the gift of God. Let me tell you something. If you think that your salvation can be... If you think you can be redeemed and saved by the purchase of money... That means it's on you, which means it is a works salvation. And any works salvation is signifying that you earn salvation. But you can't earn salvation. Salvation is given freely by God to those who accept him as their personal Lord and Savior. You cannot buy salvation out. That's a no-no. Okay, you will never be able to buy your way into heaven. If you think that you're, you really don't know the Bible very well, or you have a very skewed version of what salvation is. <clears throat> um, John chapter one verse twenty-nine. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him. And saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with what? His own blood. Do you know why your money, you know why you can't buy salvation? with your money because Christ already purchased it with his blood and the blood of Christ is more valuable than a perishable item such as money think about that Exodus chapter 12 verse 5 your lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats Leviticus chapter 1 verse 10 and if this and if his offering be of the flocks namely of the sheep or of the goats for a burnt sacrifice he shall bring it a male without blemish that's talking about how Christ is the first fruits Christ was the firstborn he is the first fruits and he died on that cross he died on that cross. He shed his blood, so that anyone who comes to him at freely and asks the Lord to come into their heart and life and to forgive them of their sins and to be able to recognize that they are in need of a Savior, that God will give God will give you eternal life if you accept and cry out to Christ to save you and if you accept that free gift. Well, I can't say free gift, okay, but as a gift given freely you cannot purchase you cannot purchase it with your money <clears throat> it was already purchased by the blood of christ and christ is that first fruits he was that lamb without blemish and he did it because and he sacrificed and as he laid his life down because he so loved you for god so loved the world he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Now, um, let's continue reading here in verse 20. Well, we're almost done. Okay, almost done. So hang in there, okay? Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world... But was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart. Fervently Um Hang on a second. Okay. So <coughs> verse twenty. Okay. Who was verily foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you. Okay, first Timothy chapter three verse sixteen. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Okay. Acts chapter 2, verse 23 through 24. Him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Determined by the foreknowledge of God. God foreknew that. He knew it. Since the beginning of, since the fall, in the beginning of time, he knew that. That didn't take God by surprise okay he knew it um, Acts chapter 2 verse 23 um, Acts chapter 2 verses 32 to 33 this Jesus hath God raised up wherefore we are all witnesses therefore being, By the right hand of God, exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which ye now see and hear. And Romans chapter 4, verses 24 through 25. But for us also to whom it shall be imputed, for we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who is delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. We are justified not because of what Christ did at the cross, but we're but it is by his right through his resurrection we are justified. Amen. For our justification he was raised. Um now In Verse 22, we taught we read that we're to love one another with unfeigned love with and with a pure heart. Okay, John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. A new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if ye love one another. Romans chapter 12, verses 10 through 11. Be kindly, affectionate one to another with brotherly love, and honor performing one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, Fear God. Honor the King. Amen. Now, this is the last few. This is the. This is going to be the last few verses that we get into, and where we're going to close. Okay. <coughs> Starting in verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abides forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Okay? Now, verse 23. It talks about being born again, not of corruptible, not a corruptible seed, but incorruptible. Okay? Psalm chapter, Psalm chapter 139, verses 14 through 16. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee, when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as they were There was none of them. That's talking about your DNA. God wrote your DNA in a specific way, and God says, don't mess with it. God also has DNA. It's the Word of God. You got two strands, the Old and New Testament. Okay, Four base pairs. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are the synoptic Gospels, which they're similar, and John is written a little bit differently. Okay? So your King James Bible is... is that perfect and pure DNA. By the way, it's inerrant. There is no errors in your King James Bible. Your King James Bible is incorruptible. Amen? It's incorruptible and it abideth forever. Jesus Christ is the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us. When you get born again and you ask the Lord to come into your heart and when you are born again, you're sealed, and when you are regenerated you get all you become a new man you get new dna which is the word of god and you become a child of the living god you become joint heirs with christ and you get an and you get a inheritance of eternal life as a born again child of the king amen 1st John chapter 3 verse 9 whosoever is born of god doth not commit sin do you know why listen if you're born again that does not mean you're going to be sinless perfection what that's talking about is that if you're born again you are born of god which means that your new man your spirit your new man will not sin why because it's born of god Okay. So whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Seed is DNA. Seed is DNA. And by the way, it says it remaineth in him. So if you're born again, God's word remains in you. Amen? now, in Psalm one nineteen eleven, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. Thy word, Jesus Christ, is the word. When you ask the Lord to come into your heart, or when the, when you when you accept the Lord, when you ask Him to come into your life, where does He reside? In your heart. Thy word, Jesus, is the word. Thy word have I hid in my heart. That what? That I might not sin against thee. Amen. <clears throat> Let's look at it here. Verse 24. We're almost done. Okay. For all flesh is grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. Job chapter 14, verse 2. He cometh forth like a flower... And is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow. And continueth not. Psalm 103 verses 15-16. As for man his days are as grass. As a flower of the field. So he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it. And it is gone. And the place thereof. Shall know it no more. Isaiah 40 verses 6-8. The voice said, cry, and he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. James chapter 1 verse 10. But the rich, in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. Amen. Now, let's look at the last verse of this chapter, and we'll be done for the night. Verse 25. But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Psalm 119.89 Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. That's it. In heaven, his word is settled. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. How much more in your life should the word of God be settled? If it's settled in heaven, if you're born again, the word of God should be settled with you. And the word of God should be your final authority. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If it's settled in heaven, it should be settled with us. Amen? There shouldn't be any question. Now, when I say that, it means there shouldn't be any doubts. We shouldn't doubt it. We need to believe every word of this book. And yes, we do doubt at times. That's why we need God's help. But His word is settled in heaven. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. His word does not change. It is consistent. Christ is the same. God is the same in the Old Testament as he is in the New Testament as he is now. God does not change. He stays the same. Matthew chapter 5, verse 18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle, shall in no wise pass from the law, till it all be fulfilled. Every single book, from Genesis to Revelation, and everything in between, till all be fulfilled, every every single word of your Bible will not pass, till all be fulfilled. Okay, and Matthew chapter twenty four, verse thirty five: Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. His words are settled in heaven; they are eternal; they will not pass away. His word is eternal. Amen. Last one, and then we close. Luke chapter 21, verse 33. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Amen. His words endureth forever. His words will not pass, but they endureth forever. Which means, what does that say about this book? This book is pure, it is incorruptible, it is inerrant, without error, no mistakes. This book is a living book, and it can save you. If you cry upon the Lord Jesus Christ, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We, are to, we ought to be born again Not of corruptible seed But incorruptible Amen So I just want to encourage you guys today I know that was a lot To go through I can't believe I'm done Ooh, We went through that pretty quick Actually I think I don't even know what time it is But it's we, we've been here for a little bit I just want to encourage you guys Okay no matter what you're going through, you can always find comfort in God's word. And Peter, remember Peter, he wrote this epistle of first Peter to to give encouragement to those that were going through persecution during the time of Nero. So whatever you may be going through, I want to encourage you to open up first Peter, and just take some time to read and study it. Amen. I think that you might, I, I really do think you'll find comfort in what Peter wrote in his first epistle. Amen. So, anyways, it was good to be here with you tonight. <clears throat> um, I don't know what I'm going to preach on yet on Sunday. I'm still kind of, you know, trying to figure all that out. Uh, but next Tuesday, one week from today, uh, we're going to be getting into. Chapter 2 of 1 Peter. Okay? So, I hope that you stay tuned for that. Hopefully that this will be a blessing to you. Hope the study of First Peter will be a blessing to you all. Amen? Um, I hope that God will be glorified. Um, I hope that, you know, people's lives would be changed, whether if you're saved or not. Um, that they'll be changed. And I hope and pray that this would be a blessing to you. Amen? So with that said, this is Brother Brandon. I'm signing off for the evening. God bless you guys. I love you. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Okay? God bless you guys. See ya. Love ya. Bye.